terrors of tripping on pump. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! The tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. What's up, everybody? It's Saturday, August 4th, 2012, episode number 125 of the Hotbox. My name is Matt. My name is Ian. Ian over here. What's up? What's up, Ian? Hi. Uh, Catch us on most Saturdays, hotboxpodcast.com slash live. That's Hotbox TV. We got a chat room there with a couple cameras. You can watch us do the show, and you can call us, 406-204-4687, or Skype the Jam Hole, if you'd like to just voice... Some uh, some thoughts if you don't like typing or or whatever. Uh, we got a subreddit over at hotboxpodcast.com/slash/subreddit. You can submit stories for the show, and we'll go through that and kind of make our doc around that. Speaking of, did you get into the doc? I are, did. Are, are you actually? There? Are you yeah, and I was gonna I was gonna add something to it okay. about uh, um, something that's going on here in sure. the state. Sure. Sure. So you want to just start with that? Uh, we I, we could. Okay. Um, Why don't you start with that then? Okay. So. Okay. If you remember uh, last year, mm-hmm. um, Senate Bill uh, 423 mm-hmm. was put into motion, and that was a bill that was written by our state legislators and put in without uh, consulting the Montana population, and therefore it uh, uh, fired up a uh, voter initiative, mm-hmm. and we call it IR-124, um, to give the citizens of Montana an opportunity to vote on said law that our legislation uh, put in effect. Which they, they put into effect because they didn't like the law that we had put into effect? Is that how that worked? Because um, there was a whole, like, this isn't what we voted on for. Yeah. Ask. But this is what we vote right. Neither l- their excuse was to put this new law in the vagary. It was too vague, and well, there's loopholes being exploited, and that. And the legislation said that the law that was in place wasn't the law that we voted on. Yet we didn't vote on the new law either, and so even though this old law uh, uh, wasn't quote unquote. What we voted for, not that our our local representatives know what we voted for anyway, and there are a lot of uh, cannabis advocates that knew what they were voting for, and they were voting for what they wanted, but because it didn't, uh, because there were concerns from other parts of our population, the legislation didn't. decided to put everyone under the you didn't know what you were voting were for there, though were there concerns from a, a large portion of the population or was it just a very tiny fraction but oh, yeah. that knew who to get and and then you know they were used for that purpose i could definitely see that you know you can take 10 people and two lobbyists and amplify those 10 people's voices to count for like a thousand people because of those mm-hmm. two lobbyists. Mm-hmm. Which Absolutely, it's kind of a shitty deal. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, I'll just start in on this. Uh, sure. Article here is that says in their official ballot arguments for IR one twenty four, um, the Republican Senate Majority Leader Jeff Essman, our good buddy Essman, uh-huh. um, and Republican House Majority Whip Kerry Smith, mm. bizarrely cited Democratic. Governor Brian Schweitzer, really? um, and this is is this is the GOP leaders. This is them pushing to destroy medical marijuana in our state. Right, uh, Schweitzer famously referred to the last legislature as "bat crap crazy." Uh huh. And vetoed HB one sixty one, the bill Senator Essman um, uh, initiated to completely repeal medical marijuana. And if you think the numbers like shrunk under 423 there would have been what no numbers under right because they just wanted a straight up repeal correct but because we the people said uh, well actually because exactly. brian schweitzer said no right. right because he knew that we the people that there was a large constituency there that that would have made pretty angry mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you can't please everybody i think that's what he tried to do correct so so or or as many people as you know. Now looking back, it's kind of like 
you know, by by him vetoing that law, it kind of set all of the cannabis advocates into this whirlwind of confusion because it was territory that none of us had ever been down before. And so, um, you know, it opened up a bunch of doors, but kind of closed one at the same time. And so we right. all had to learn new things and, and learn how things work at a um, state level as far as politics go in order to get um, IR-124 uh, initiated, started, and uh, su- in order to get it to succeed, um, which was the petition that we did last summer. Right. Um, Schweitzer also said um, um, about SB 423, and this is these are quotes. Everybody's who read it says that yeah, it's unconstitutional. He also mm. said, "I'm kind of disgusted right now. It seems to be un. It seems." to us unconstitutional on its face. SB 423 violates your constitutional rights to illegal searches. Um, It requires someone using medical marijuana to, quote, be turned over to law enforcement in every town. Yeah, you basically give up. Like, I, I completely understand and see and don't blame whatsoever the people that chose not to renew or not to continue pursuing certain business options or ventures because of the new law. Like, you were basically handing yourself over with fingerprints. And, I mean, it was really invasive it, it, from from reading. Mm-hmm. Okay, so while the GOP leadership in its 2012 voter guide arguments tried to, quote, etch a sketch away the history of the bat crap crazy <laughs> legislature's SB 423, Patients for reform, not repeal, used patients and a doctor instead of politicians to make its case in the voter guide. Patients for reform, not repeals campaign committee consists of Lori Burnham, an elderly cancer patient in Hamilton, um, Sarah Baugh, an epilepsy patient mm-hmm. in Helena, and Dr. Edwin Stickney of Billings, uh, past president of the Montana Medical Association and past president of the Montana chapter of the American Family Physicians. Um, and of course, uh, I'll kind of skip ahead here, Lori and, um, oh Lord, uh, so Lori and Sarah and Dr. Stickney obviously think that we should be voting no on IR-124 to reject the new law that we're operating under because of obvious implications. Um, rejecting it is a a no vote, right? Because vote correct. They make it. I want to vote no, right? Which is good, I think, because people that are against cannabis may read the thing and it'll say medical marijuana, and they and they're gonna say no, no, which is great, which is great. (laughs) No, so vote no. See, is is that us learning our lesson from the first time where it was a yes vote? Right. Like, we got to keep this all negative. Yeah. No vote. So we probably will rope in. And I mean, honestly, I think that's totally going to work out to our our advantage. Oh, for sure. How many people read those things? (laughs) Yeah. No, you know what I mean? Even if you do, you're probably the people that are very against marijuana. They're going to stop when they see marijuana and look at the options. And there's going to be a yes and a no. Probably going to check the no box. Nope. That's, that's um, awesome. Okay, so this is the arguments against SB 423. Okay. Uh, listen to the doctors and patients, not the politicians, on IR 124 Probably vote against idea. the Senate Bill 423. Right. In 2004, Montana voters gave seriously ill patients the right to seek relief from their pain by using marijuana when recommended by a doctor. In 2011, legislators effectively took that right away and overturned the will of the people. Mm-hmm. They repealed the voter initiative and replaced it with their own flawed law. This grow-your-own-law literally provides no legal way for a patient to obtain medical marijuana, seeds, or plants. It's designed not to work. It was the Tax Stamp Act all over again for back in the day. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And so here's an argument for Senate Bill 423. Um, Senate Bill 423 was passed by the 2011 legislature to bring the use of marijuana for medical purposes in Montana back to what voters voted for in 2004. Um, to digress here, to, to emphasize this, mm-hmm. this is the legislator, legislature bo- legislative body saying that in 2004, we the voters didn't know what we were voting for. Right. And 
They didn't ask me. That I didn't get Did they ask you? No. I don't. Well, no. No, no they didn't. No. Matter of fact, I've actually. Not even a text message or nothing. I Yeah, I know. I mean, how how hard they could have set up a Facebook poll, and I'm sure like the majority of their people are on face like that. How hard would that have been? To, mm-hmm. Did so, you know what you were voting for? Yes or no? So we're being called idiots one sure. for being. You know, At we didn't know what we were level. voting for. Right. So we got to have the nanny state step in and help say, us. "No, no, can you help us? With this, this isn't what you were voting for. Yeah. Over Instead, here. come over here. This law that we wrote is really what you want. Check this out." So what the voters of Montana supported is established by the voter information pamphlet, Hmm. the VIP, um, argument in support of the original 2004 initiative, I-148. This very sentence of that VIP presented, the VIP voter information pamphlet, Mm -hmm. presented a very limited (laughs) scope of purpose and, um, I'm sorry, limited scope of purpose for the original initiative. Quote, this initiative would allow the production, possession, and use of marijuana by patients with debilitating medical conditions. Sounds okay, right, at the surface. I mean, except for the fact that they're putting words in our mouth and calling us idiots. Right. Trying to kind of coerce us to go along with this SB 423. And this this VIP, this voter information pamphlet, is... A a pamphlet that is designed to give you both sides of the propaganda. You get a you know if you're if you're not Who created sh- that pamphlet. Well, both uh, it was a mixed. proponents and opponents get to put in. Oh, I see. That's why I said the propaganda from both sides. Right, right. You you get so there's a, a unbiased party that's actually creating it, and they're taking information from both. What well, I don't know submitting. about an unbiased party. Uh. The, I mean, the argument against SB 423 is one paragraph. The argument for SB 423 is one, two, three, four, five. So is that the six, bias in the seven paragraphs of information? Maybe we didn't send in very much. Maybe <laughs> our, our our argument is Ours very is short simple. and sweet. Short, sweet to the point. Um, We're not trying to sugarcoat nothing. Right. No kidding. Um. So as this argument for stereotype in the chat asks, does this vote go down the same time as all the other ones? Yes. Like this is on the yep. What, yep. In November. Yep. And one thing we should mention is it's it's obviously very important, and probably you've seen the stickers and the advertisements on the web about single voter issue. When you see the single voter issue, this is what this is. That's what we're referring to. Or these billboard signs on the MTCA site: "Welcome to Yellowstone County, where the will of the people doesn't count. Vote no on IR one two four. Correct. And you can probably see those all over the state. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Do we have any Kalispell? No. I haven't seen any in Kalispell. No. Um, Billboards is expensive, I guess. Now that we got uh, the petition passed, and this topic is going to be on the ballot, now the trick is going to get everyone that we registered to vote to go down and actually vote. Right. We're gonna have to for this to Again, succeed. If we could use Facebook, <laughs> if only yeah, yeah, there was a way. Um, I, I, you would see participation just through the roof. I mean, right? If you didn't have to actually do anything, click a like button. <laughs> right? You know, if that's all you had to do, imagine maybe what. in the voting booths you can have like just big, and then you just push the button with thumbs up or thumbs down. <laughs> like, right. that'd be great. Just make it really easy. You don't have to write or anything. <laughs> Um, that that's where most of my concern comes in. That that's going to be the uphill battle. I think a small percentage it? of Montana. What if you vote? could offer a free bag of weed, like with every vote? Could, could, is there a way you could legally do Not that? Legally, that's they, a, like that's... check under the under the box there, right? After yeah. you cast your. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did great. you drop this? Oh, I think this is did you, this is yours. Did Wait, you... did you vote no? Yeah, yeah. Okay, this is yours. Right. Right. <laughs> Somebody that voted no, drop this. Um, so go, please go vote if this please. matters to you. Um, Pretty please. And and not necessarily cannabis. Go vote for this. If well, if they can your, say this isn't what you voted for, what else can they say that way? Everything. I mean, if that, I, right? Anything. Where does it stop? It that's, doesn't. That's kind of scary. We're setting precedent here with this right. kind of thing. And so if that's this what totally I mean, goes like, through and yeah. 
Yeah. Go vote regardless of the cannabis issue. Go vote based on your your rights. You know, go vote on the fact that your local government is trying to tell you what you voted for and tell you that you were an idiot and tell you that you were too stupid to understand what you were voting for. And I, I mean, we we understand it is complicated some of these things, but I mean, I, this is come on. So the proponents for SB 423 um, would like everyone to know a few things. Um, oh, please. <laughs> right. Can we just refute their argument right here for now and forever on this show? Just just lay it to rest for good. Here's why <laughs> you're an idiot. All right. <laughs> so uh, here on while you're reading through that, this one says uh, proponents of medical cannabis say the current law, often described as regulation, is simply a confusing set of penalties for participants and a minefield for also participants. Uh, quote, if alcohol were regulated like our current medical marijuana program, we would have a thriving black market in alcohol. Working in the black market shouldn't be a better solution than complying with the law. That's Chris Lindsay right on the MTCIA site. Which is what, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that pretty much sums it up. I mean, if you're black market, like, if, if your job <laughs> in the black market takes better care of you than your nine to five, right? we have a problem. Mm-hmm. We have a real problem. So they start off by saying the number of card holders peaked to over 31,000. Oh, I know. How terrible. 30,000 medical marijuana patients. with that? Like, how is that? Because, because they don't have the number right of now. opiates prescribed. How many uh, citizens in Montana? How many citizens of Montana have an opiate prescription? Way more than 31,000. Way more. I mean, there's probably 31,000 in Flathead Valley, and there's only about 50,000 people that live here. Yeah. Literally. So, One out of two people. How many people in this room right now? Two? How yeah. Many? <laughs> yeah. So then they go on to say half of the registered card holders were under the age of 41. Like, that's bad. So? Which I What mean, is that? What are you trying to say? The So half of our patients were over the age of 40? That's That sounds good. Yeah. I mean... It's a glass half empty, half full right. argument. But of course, you know, you think of all the people under 41, which are mostly non-voters. Right. Most of the voters are over the age of 40. So they're going to see this and think of all go. those young whippersnappers. You know, it's just Smoking the way that it's worded. dope. Yeah. If they would have switched <laughs> oh, it over and said right. half of the registered cardholders were over the age of 41. Right. Well, it it's has all a completely about the different spin. spin. It's yeah. all about the spin. And that's funny that... You can sway a vote in something that's going to dictate how people live their lives based on how you word a fucking sentence. <laughs> like that just, if you're getting fooled by that, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It sucks. It really mm-hmm. sucks. They also bring up uh, our our favorite mm, um, person. Um, they're just saying that uh, in the 2004 law, there was no um, information saying that how the law would play out. You know, like the... That, uh, and why was that? Authorized providers would themselves supply the criminal market. Sure, <laughs> whatever. Um, nor that the sale and distribution of marijuana would occur through storefront operations. That marijuana would be advertised for sale through the use of billboards and provocative signage. Because that, that marijuana happened. plants would be publicly displayed. <laughs> or that the product itself would be smoked in a public setting it was, on the lawn of the state capitol. Yeah, whose fault was that? Yeah, It exactly. was like Hempfest up in Montana for like the last eight years. It's been nothing but hippies in the streets Drum smoking dope <laughs> and tripping their balls off on acid. That's what it's been like here for us to live for the last, like, eight years. It's been complete chaos. Thank you for saving us from ourselves, our overindulgent, vice-gripping selves. Thank you, Jeff. We really appreciate all your hard work. (laughs) Right? So, SB 423 is working. Clearly. It has allowed those cities and towns that wished for more local control to exercise it. It has tightened qualifications for insurance of the cards and card numbers have fallen dramatically. The average age of the card holder has increased. But they don't tell you to what age. Which would have happened anyway because, duh, as time progresses, people get older. Like, did you not even... 
<laughs> wow. Is this what we're dealing with? Yeah. This is... Eight this years. Is why I don't leave my house. Almost a decade has gone by, and so anybody Whoa, that was in the mid twenties is now eight years older. Duh! Yeah, <laughs> no shit. Yeah, and they don't. And We're they don't aging gracefully. And they don't say that uh, what the average age is. They just say that it's increased. No, so maybe because it's, it's forty eight instead 43? of forty one. You know, like forty four. Yeah, I hate the way that this is written. It's but, so crazy. But repealing SB 423 will bring back an unregulated Wild West situation oh, that was never presented to the voters. Mm. Senate Bill 423, which was never presented to the voters. Either. It was just kind of shoved down our throats. Right. Or- Honors the intent of Montana voters to Does have it? regulated program to help a small population of truly ill Individuals. Riddle me this. When did our government and legislator get into the business of predicting intent? <laughs> because the, well, you can't... Pre- like I said, they're calling you an idiot and telling you that you didn't understand... That you, that's so crazy. That's such a slap in the face. I think so as well. You Leave the prediction engines to Google, okay? I mean, come on. Let's get real here. And bringing back the black market's a good thing. However, is that a good thing? You might as well just fund the cartels more. You know, the, that's so ridiculous. It, it's I don't know what's more ridiculous if, in a game of ridiculousness here. If, the fact that they've actually rationalized this to themselves to where this sounds like a good thing and they're not losing sleep over it every night. Hmm. Or the fact that, you know, they're basically... Predicting intent. <laughs> that that's crazy. Minority report up in here. Shit. Right. And like how you were saying that a small group of very loud people Exactly. You know, I mean we and do live in a Bible. A Look at what the real problem is. How many people had to switch to heroin because of the oxy reformulation? Like that you have bigger, more immediate problems than this. We should all just switch to heroin. Cannabis Fuck users. Fuck it. Why opiate not? Opiate users. Why not? Alcohol users. Why not? Tobacco users. I don't users, have to jump through a billion fucking drinkers to get it, you know? Like, right. I can just Straightforward. One doctor and, you know. Or one dealer. Or or there you go. There, Whatever. There you go. Keep your name off the books, you yep. know? That's crazy. Is that what they're trying? I don't like. I don't understand their end game. Do they even know what they're... To get rid of cannabis. But that's never going to happen. To get rid of it legal, like to get rid of the legal program. To increase the black market so that they crime. can increase the crime so that they can come in I'm and save guess. us from what the else, crime. What else is the point? You're creating solutions to problems that you also created. Well, that's the... That makes sense. I mean, that's what good our government our, does. Our resources, right? They create problems and well, then save in like the good guy at the climactic ending. Like, here we are. That's what, our government's had many decades of practice at that, creating problems that's and then true. presenting solutions. Creating your reality for you since you're too dumb to create your own. <laughs> that's so terrible when you... It is a little bit. Does it make you angry? It's disappointing. Does it make you angry enough to drive a tractor over eight cop cars? (laughs) Did you hear this? No. This guy in Vermont, he got arrested for marijuana or whatever, and uh, he got so angry that he got a a tractor and actually rolled over eight uh, cop cars. Like, he wrecked all of their cop cars in this town, basically. They have no more (laughs) cop cars at this point. I just thought that was pretty awesome. That like he was just so mad about this that he actually like check this out. <laughs> it just wrecks all of their cop cars. So <laughs> that's a good idea. Two, he caused a quarter million dollars worth of damage. All how many cop cars? Eight. I think your your cop cars. I think you got ripped off on where you're getting your cop cars. <laughs> I mean. Are, yeah, well, I guess fifty thousand dollar cars are they though? Yeah, maybe yeah, with all the equipment in them. Yeah, that's true. They said to get the guns out of the trunk, they had to use the jaws of life. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. It's funny when old potheads like that strike back. Like they, they said like he was the most calm, cool guy, but when he lost his shit, like he fucking lost his shit, and that was it. You know, you can only you know sometimes. I mean. 
you just you push and you push and you push and people can only take so much before they just completely snap and uh wreck your cop cars. So here's a here's a mm-hmm. cool thing to do for munchie time. Oh what? Um disguise your munchie as something different. How so? Uh, so like mean? okay, blue Gatorade. Put it like wash out a Windex bottle and then pour your blue Gatorade in your Windex bottle so you could look like you're drinking Windex. That's pretty awesome. You know, obviously you can put water in a vodka bottle. Obviously. Like, duh. Just like swigging it down. Or like wash out a mayonnaise container and put vanilla pudding in there. That's pretty gross. And then you could just sit with this mayonnaise jar and look like you're, you know what I mean? Just something really bizarre. I, like I want to see, I want to see videos of our listeners just in public, like eating pudding out of a mayonnaise jar. <laughs> Send them in. I like the Windex idea. Yeah, the Windex the blue, idea is The blue good. Gatorade. I wonder if you could actually clean that container out well enough to get rid of the flavor. Yeah, probably with some I would imagine. cleaning agent. Some bleach. <laughs> <laughs> what is this green gas coming out of here? Who knew? There was ammonia in that. Huh. That's interesting. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Um, uh, you want to talk about this study? We have uh, more kind of involving teenagers and, and whatnot. This is diverted medical marijuana use. Ooh. Saying that. So so diverted, meaning medical marijuana that maybe didn't make it all the way to you a know, medical wh- patient. Uh, right. Where it where Well, kind of like the intended. GOP is saying in Montana that the medical marijuana industry in Montana was supplying the black market. That's true. Stereotype in the chat says, I prefer filling water bottles with vodka, but, you know, (laughs) sure, (laughs) whatever works. Uh, Among teens receiving treatment for substance abuse, okay, we know how that game works, Uh, many have used medical marijuana that was recommended for someone else. Oh. You fucking bastards. Uh, And... That is also known as diverted medical marijuana, and this is a new study. Uh, the authors from the University of Colorado and Schultz Medical Campus in Aurora. Hey, doesn't doesn't Aurora maybe have also other more pressing issues than this, like the Dark Knight shooting or something? I mean. Well, they got to do something to get everyone's mind off of it. That's true. We got to move on to other dangerous things. The movie. I mean, did any of those people like ever? <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they've seen like, it. God, the worst cliffhanger ever. I was I was actually thinking about going to see the movie. Was it worth paying to see it in the theater? Uh, I don't know. I didn't pay to see it in the theater. Oh, okay, <laughs> but was it, was, it worth? It was all right. Did you watch or it? No, that one I did. Spider Man, I didn't. Okay, so you. Went I wish saw... I would have switched those. Though. So Dark Knight. I would have rather paid to see Spider Man just because I'm. Like that's just awesome, <laughs> and they did that really well. What was that? <laughs> Web sling. <laughs> You know, like when he's swinging. Oh, okay. Like <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know what you were doing there for a second. <laughs> you know, I was like oh. web slinging, man. Um, anyway. Speaking of Spider Man, mm-hmm. I I'm getting ready to move, of course, and yeah. so I found my box of uh, Marvel comic cards Ooh. and uh, was looking some of them up on the internet mm-hmm. on the interwebs. Got a little money there. I got a little bit of money. A little, little bit of money. You know, not, I mean, not a ton. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, in Spider-Man cards Enough alone. Enough to just give me your bike? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that much. Um, I would say I have several comic books that are worth about 60 to 70 bucks a piece. Really? Yeah. That's they're pretty from, cool. Like in mint condition? Oh, yeah. yeah like in the plastic in. baggie, everything. Wow. From, from before I was born, actually. Um, I have a couple Marvel comic books from 1980 and Was that something your parents were... Putting away for you? No, or? the cards are the cards and the comic books are stuff that I collected when I was younger. Gotcha. Um, you know, I pay like three dollars and fifty cents for one of the nineteen eighty comic books, and I bought I bought several of them all in a series, <laughs> and so they're worth like sixty bucks a piece. But I was looking at the prices cool. of the cards and stuff, and you know, some of the some of the, like the collections and things are you know are worth thirty forty bucks or something. Right. I mean, on eBay, and they had bids. Yeah, because people that's are actually the key. bidding. On They're them. only worth what someone else is willing to pay you for right. them. And sometimes there's, yeah. And but so yeah, since there's, there's bids, bids. On, that's pretty cool. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So oh, I figure yeah. if I put them away for another twenty years, maybe they'll be worth a little bit more, or like half of them, or something. Or yeah. That's well, I'm cool. just putting them all away. Well, yeah. If you don't, maybe when I'm older, pass them on to my kid. Or I don't even know if stuff like that is going to ever hold value. You know. Yeah, you never know. It, like some of that stuff. I we used to own 
three or four baseball card shops when we lived in California. And I remember like always going to baseball card shows and my parents would buy two of everything, one for me and one for my brother for when we were, you know, going to go to college. <laughs> Boy, mm-hmm. I didn't see that coming. Right, but right. like a lot of that stuff, because eventually I guess the market, the, there were so many baseball card manufacturers like trying to get into the game it just completely flooded the market and all the cards lost value except for like the really old like original bowman's or stuff like that right like it it just it wasn't i don't know it wasn't really worth it then they got divorced and then you know all that stuff i don't know where it went but (laughs) they probably sold it but i do have baseball cards too that i'm saving on too i have a couple i remember we had we had a ton of that shit man whenever new sets would come out they'd buy two of each and like we we ended up having just storage unit full of that shit by the time we moved up here but yeah, well, maybe not by worth the time you're now. 50. Maybe yeah, by right. the time that you're 50, it might be worth something. Yeah, it was probably maybe. all squandered. Um, so to finish this up, uh, they said that the uh, they they questioned 164 teens aged 14 to 18 at two different adolescent substance abuse treatment programs in Denver uh, about their use of medical marijuana. The investigators found that nearly 74% of the teens used marijuana that was recommended for someone else an average of 50 times. Motherfuckers. 50? 50 times. Wow. Compared with teens who did not use medical marijuana, those who did began using the drug regularly at a younger age and were also more dependent on marijuana and showed more symptoms of conduct disorder. Uh-huh. What is conduct disorder? How do is that they when prove... you just can't behave yourself? And how do they like, prove uh, dependence? Yeah, isn't that relative, kind of? Right. Unless there's, like, physical symptoms. I mean, are you sweating on the floor having a seizure? No, you're just... You're probably here because the alternative was jail time, let's be honest. Uh, They end it with many high-risk adolescent patients in substance abuse treatment have used diverted medical marijuana on multiple occasions, which implies that substantial divert... Here's what it implies in case, you know, uh, substantial diversion is occurring from registered users. Our results support the need for policy changes that protect against diversion of medical marijuana to adolescents. This so sounds this sounds like they're fabricating a problem. Another non-problem? Yeah. Like a- another dumb solution for a non-problem? This is this is like the it just feels like this is going to build up to something here in a few weeks. It's going to be like <gasps> Miraculous new data, you know, or complete letdown. Miraculous data that's going to either disappoint you or excite you, depending on how we word it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's going to do whatever we want it to do. So suck on that. Oh, man. All right. Well, speaking of teens and marijuana use, I thought this was kind of an interesting story. This is one of the biggest drug dealers in the Cincinnati area is also... One of the youngest. This mm. kid's 17 years old. They said he looked more like the president of the math club. Skinny, pale, bespectacled, dressed in a blue button-down shirt and khakis. Uh, three weeks before he was supposed to start his senior year in high school. Uh, his name is Tyler. He pleaded guilty to drug trafficking charges after being arrested and accused of playing a major role in a ring that sold as much as $20,000 worth of high-grade marijuana a month to fellow students in and around this well-to-do suburb. Life in the burbs is hard, yo. You got that good weed. 20000 a month? I need that good weed. Because life in the burbs... I know, right? What a, I mean, what a baller. Do you think he was twenty grand grown, a month? Wow. growing it himself and then just selling it himself? Because, I mean, you could make that pretty quick if you were controlling everything, you know? Well, I mean, that's... Taking that's out any opposition or competition. Four and a half pounds yeah. a month? I mean, that's not... They say anything to brag about. <laughs> he is his own little czar over this high school scenario. That's John Burke, commander of the Warren County Drug Task Force, <laughs> adding that he has never seen a more successful teenage drug dealer in his jurisdiction. Little pat on the back. There you go, bud. You did good. Hey, Tiny. you're one of the best bad guys we got. And so at his sentencing, they're going to hold him until he turns 21. Uh, while some neighbors and fellow students... Do you think they should... Hold him? Yeah, they're going to, they just say, at a sentencing, September 18th, he could be ordered held until he turns 21. 
Is that like shoved in juvie until you're 21 and I then tried, so. retried? I don't, as... I don't think they're going to hold his hand for a couple oh, years. Hold me until yeah. I'm 21. I'll hold you forever. I just, <laughs> just until I'm 21. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sucks, though. Like, is this worth... I mean, if you think about it, like, he was making some money. He's got a good head on his shoulders, it seems like. Like, this is going to pretty much ruin this kid's life, right? Yeah, like, done. your life is it's pretty done. much over. Now he's is gonna, that worth Now he's going to be like a criminal's account. Yeah. Or that, a drug dealer for the rest of his life. Or just in and out of the system for everything. Because he's not going to be able to get another normal job. He's not going to take his entrepreneurship attitude and do a whole yeah, lot with it. They with say they record. were shocked at the arrest, saying he seemed like an ordinary, easygoing kid who likes skateboarding, riding bikes, and hanging out and selling pot. <laughs> 17-year-old friend Leslie Philpot said she and plenty of others knew he smoked pot and suspected he sold it, too. That bitch. Right? I knew you'd Keep spoil. your mouth shut. Jesus. Yeah, we taking those earrings back I bought That's you. That's right. I know. And that Give me your skateboard, bitch. It. <laughs> anyone, with, anyone he was friends with knew, she said. He never came out and said, I sell drugs. But he would say things where you know what he was talking about it. He'd be like, I don't have a real job. I don't need one. I have plenty of money. Then he'd wink and you would know. I don't need a real job. Yeah, that's clever. Wink, wink. But you know, like, you're 17 years old and you're the man. Right. I mean, if if he wasn't... Bra- I, I would be more surprised if he was like really humble and just like yeah you know this pull, was nothing pull special a kind yeah of thing. exactly but yeah you do. At maybe that he point, wouldn't be in trouble right now it's like that rap song says all you need is drugs to be the man and that's like that this is pretty much yeah maybe if he wasn't so winking so he often, would still be yeah wink, wink, he could still you know? he could still be winking <laughs> yeah if right. he wasn't so uh, he took proud. orders from adults who led the drug ring. <laughs> But he was in charge of six teenage lieutenants who helped Ooh, sell the pot. They have they titles. Too, they were arrested, as were seven adults aged 20 to 58, who allegedly <laughs> grew the weed under artificial lights in a furniture warehouse and two suburban homes. It's nice. quite the operation. Yeah. Uh, the task force sees more than Sounds 600. Like they should have been doing more than 20 grand a month. 600 plans with an estimated street value of $3 million or five grand a pound. Damn. Damn, <laughs> that's expensive pot. Investigators also found six grand in cash in his bedroom. Ooh, rolling big, stacking dirty. <laughs> <laughs> almost uh, can buy that Prius almost. that's used you and got 120,000 miles yeah. and a tear in the seat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> run dirty. Uh, and most of his customers attended Mason High and Kings High. Hmm. Too highly ranked <laughs> public schools some 20 miles outside Cincinnati with lots of high-achieving color plays. <laughs> Use it one more time. Oh, I'm sure they will. Oh, my God. That's so amazing. High-achieving college-bound students from neighborhoods filled with doctors and lawyers and white-collar employees of Procter & Gamble. Mm. Procter. And gamble, no pharmaceutical kidding. company. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Huh? And other other uh, major corporations. This but Procter like, and Gamble. This is starting to sound like an episode of Weeds, isn't it? It's crazy. Like the doctors and lawyers in the suburb with their seventeen-year-old dealer slinging mad dope with this drug ring. It sounds like they made a TV show. It's crazy about this already. Yeah, maybe Simpsons they were did it. copycats. Simpsons did. <laughs> Uh, investigators said they found no evidence that the school bus driver, who is her mother, his mother, knew what her son was up to. Wait, wait, she drives the school bus? And he, and oh, she man, he can sling mad weight on the bus. You know she knew what he hey, was up yeah. to. Hey, yeah, oh, you need a bag? Yeah, yeah just meet down. me on bus seven. Yeah. Just meet me on bus seven. We're going to need to change your bus route. There's smoke coming out of the windows of the bus. By all accounts, he didn't throw a lot of money around. He had no fancy car, no fancy clothes, <laughs> just... Normal teenage stuff like video games, but the task force eventually got wind of what he was doing from informants and other sources last year, and undercover officers bought drugs from him twice. Mm. Never sell somebody you don't know. No kidding. Dumb shit. 
Especially uh, to a police officer. I know. Why are you selling to the cops? <laughs> Dude, that's like yeah. rule number one. Duh. Don't sell yeah, normal cops. teenage stuff. You know, yeah. just video games and a 75-inch LCD. Yeah. yeah, 3D fucking theater. <laughs> yeah, no problem. My parents no worked fancy for car. Purdue. <laughs> yeah. We also have oxys if you're interested. Uh, uh, stereotype in the chat says, I bet he was inspired by weeds, no doubt. You know, any kid that is watching Showtime and has seen that show is like, that's the life. I can't watch that. I tried watching gypsies. the newest season, and it's so terribly it, bad. The new season's not that great. It's so terrible. Far. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I turned it off. It is. Literally, it was like, I've, oh my god. It's is... nothing... Same with Breaking Bad, it's bad too really i thought yeah. i just because it's the last season i'm i'm down i'm 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 in it but who knows could be a big fuck you like lost was <laughs> you never know <laughs> the second season of lost was Ugh. a big fuck you everything in lost was a big fuck you i do like how they brought the smoke monster into true blood though like that was a nice touch they're like are you guys done with the black smoke we're gonna borrow that <laughs> for our show. that concept <laughs> He's making a cameo. Is he in the credits? The Black free, Smoke. Black Smoke. Smoke Creature. Previously not lost. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> worse. Um. <laughs> uh, the prosecutor said, it is clear that this kid is highly intelligent, and he hopes the young man goes straight. Well, I'm glad you've taken upon yourself to scare him straight. Good luck with that. Uh, at the end of the day, that's what I want to see, he said. Getting him straight so he can use his intelligence for the betterment of society. Too late. Rather than trafficking drugs too to our young late. people. It is too late. Yep. He will no longer be able to use nope. his intellect to better society. Nope. That is a sound bite. That's the plug. <laughs> uh, he was using his intelligence for the betterment of society. You dum-dums are afraid of a plant. <laughs> the first comment. So awesome, he, you know. And that's the sad part. And as far as like public response to the article, they're going to see that and agree with the. A lot the of these article. comments are actually on his side. People complain teens are lazy and have no drive. Twenty thousand a month in sales. How many adults can take claim to that figure? Right, <laughs> right. It's a good point. Um, I'm sorry, but all I can do is imagine how cool high school would have been if I'd been clever like this kid. <laughs> right? Yeah, dude. Well, the school would have been awesome. <laughs> Until he it's got a busted. crime what they're doing to this kid. The real criminals are the government and prohibitionists who are fighting an illegal war against American citizens. Of course. Yep. They inflate drug prices as if this kid was going to sell it all by the gram. <laughs> yeah, right. $5,000 pound. Rabble, <laughs> rabble. All right. Uh, interesting story out of uh, Riverside County here. I thought that uh, this judge... Uh, he says that the county cannot unilaterally order the closure of all medical marijuana dispensaries because that ban violates the state law that allows them to operate, which is cool. I mean, I guess you expect that from state judge. Like, if this would have right. been a federal judge, it would have been a completely different story, I right. think, but... Uh, Riverside Superior Court Judge Ronald Taylor, he ruled that a ban on medical marijuana dispensaries is preempted by state law. Uh, that echoes this recent ruling by a state appellate court, which found that local governments cannot completely ban medical marijuana outlets without providing an alternative distribution method. So, like, if you're going to ban this dispensary, then you have to actually sell us the pot. Or have one of your friends sell us the pot. Like, you have to provide an alternative distribution method. Well, and the Mexican cartels don't count. <laughs> are are they asking no. the state government to come up with a solution? Like, since, are they saying, okay, so ban the dispensaries, but y'all got to come up with how we distribute our product? Well, let's see. We'll have these things called dispensaries, and, but but we'll run them. <laughs> right. That's, oh. that's the big, that's the dip. We won't call them dispensaries. We'll call them... Providers. Or how about the adult store? We'll call them the adult porn or, store or strip club whorehouse. Let's call it that. With Kino Machines. With Kino Machines. Right. Fuck yeah. You can come get stoned and play Kino Machines all day. We'll just suck your money. We'll call it the great money suck. <laughs> the money pit. The money pit. The black hole money suck. Or uh, temporary hope. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that one. 
Uh, Matthew Papas, one of the attorneys challenging a ban in Riverside County, hailed Taylor's rulings. He said the judge's decision squarely follows state law. He said the court properly analyzed the Compassionate Use Act voted in by citizens of California for the benefit of California patients. So, good job, judge. Yeah, good for him. Uh, we have another piece that came out in the Washington Post that was kind of interesting, that showing that it's federal data, and it shows the number of live marijuana plants eradicated in outdoor and indoor grow ops has dropped in most states over the past three years, while the amount of bulk processed marijuana seized has doubled in that time, which tells me that we've gotten more efficient at processing our grows or if they're seizing mm, less live you? marijuana but double the amount of bulk processed marijuana or is that more they're not finding the grows right they're just seizing the pot that's coming in already which is that maybe mostly like the bulk process stuff comes from over the borders no, I just think that they're not finding the grows. Like a grower produces. Well, I think is bulk process different than like I don't know. I, it bulk, bulk process to me seems like, like pallets of pre-wrapped like shit brown frowny weed from Mexico. That's why I think of my hair oh, bulk process. So it could be any. I kind just, of just I just bulk processed means dried and cured, ready to go. Okay, so just any kind so of... So my guess is is that there are lots of growers producing large amounts of cannabis, moving it off-site where it is then seized, is that and also... they're not finding the grow-op, but they found the product that the grow-op produced. And probably the grower already got paid. I was going to say, does that also speak to the people that they are busting, that most of them are keeping their mouths shut on where the grows are, or most of them are middlemen who don't know where don't the grows know. are? Yeah. I think, I think not knowing is the key. That's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, they say one thing that is known, California, which provides the lion's share of the millions of plants eradicated every year in the U.S., saw a 46.5% drop in plants eradicated between 2010 and 2011, bringing down the nation's overall numbers. Uh, they say you can't attribute it to one factor. That's spokeswoman Casey Reddick for the Drug Enforcement Administration in Frisco. Shifts in tactics from growers, weather patterns, and budget cuts to local and state enforcement agencies have played roles in the significant decrease in eradication. It's interesting. Uh, in 2010, they seized 10.32 million marijuana plants from outdoor and indoor grow ops. Uh, by 2011, that number dropped to 6.7 million. So from 10 million to 6 million, about. Do you think that is... No, no, that's all within medical marijuana range. Those numbers are amplified Maybe by that's California. because they stopped raiding in California so much and they came to Montana. Is that it? That could be. You know, they focus their, their energy here instead of in a state that has more quantity. Well, it says one of the most dramatic shifts came from Idaho, which saw its eradication results shrink by more than 98% between 29 and 2011. Because they all came to Montana right? or Washington. From 77,000 plants to just 786. Wait, isn't Idaho surrounded by medical marijuana states? Yeah. You're the Everything only but Wyoming. one left. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, What's I don't south know. of Isn't that's Colorado. Wyoming. Yeah, okay. So yeah, yeah you got Washington. Colorado, Washington, yeah. Oregon, Montana. They're surrounded except for Wyoming. It's their only out. It's the only way to get out of Idaho without having to drive through one of us debaucherous. I know states, the that, devil states. Yeah, right. It's great. Uh, in order for a marijuana plant, or what? In order for a marijuana plant to be counted, it has to have a root structure. Ooh. Even if the plant is just inches tall and be mature enough to yield the buds that contain the drug. Uh, but while the number of plants eradicated has dropped, the number of pounds of bulk process confiscated has increased from 53,843 pounds, uh, that was in 09, to 113,167 pounds in 2011. Just producing pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. How, how many pounds does it say they seized? 113,167. 113,000 pounds. In 2011. Some of this was seized along with eradications at growing locations, but DEA officials said the data also includes marijuana seized during traffic stops and other operations. Uh, they said it's hard to pinpoint where it comes from. Imagine how many, like, eighths and grams and shit I know, get right? confiscated Dime every day. Like, who's going to weigh like... all that? What a job. <laughs> No kidding. Well, think about uh, uh, 
I'm going to say that there's, uh, in Montana alone, there's got to be several busts every day. You know, cannabis charges like just every day. Like traffic stop bullshits? Yeah, like you just know, random I'm sure there's, there's, there's several, if not upwards of 10 a day of people. That, in the whole state? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, in the whole state, I would say, yeah. You know, so, you know, depending on the amount they're confiscating, anywhere between... What do you say, an average of an eighth to a quarter, probably an eighth per bus? Because usually when when it's that stuff, it's rare that they hit... The joint guy, the guy that's just got the roach, and he's like... But rarely do they hit, like, that one jackpot where they pull over a car and the trunk is filled with pounds of fucking weed, you know? That's like a a once-in-a-great-while thing, I feel like. And that's more interstate anyway, not really... Correct. I don't, I don't know that. It seems like Allegedly. it's mostly dimes and nicks, dimes and nicks, <laughs> yeah, all day long, dimes and for nicks. sure, so. for sure. We, uh, let's see what else. How far would you go for a dime and a nick? Kind of like you know those people in I'd British say Columbia. I would, I would go twice as far for an eighty than I would for a dime <laughs> or a nick yeah. any day. But yeah, you probably. know, so maybe second preference. base. <laughs> oh well, depends on what she looked like, but uh-huh. sure. Mm-hmm. What would you do for a Klondike? You know what the... the um... <laughs> Quote, most of the smart people moved down, and a lot of them decentralized their gardens where it's less likely to be seen and eradicated. So they're getting smarter. And that kind of... In uh, in this other state, they were, I think, West Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia. They see 1,700 plants in this one grow. And they're using helicopters to fly over the state looking for grows, mm-hmm. and which I, I know they do that in other states, but I guess that's something they just started doing there. But yep, to the so if you live in West Virginia, they're looking for your weed, mm-hmm. and they got that ghetto bird out with the eye in the sky watching you, watching you. All right, uh, let's finish the show with this piece yeah, let's talk from about the teens. Forbes. Oh, you want to talk about the teens? Yeah. Okay, well, in Vancouver, there are teenagers trading sex for drugs and alcohol is a low but a steady rate. As we all know, slow and steady wins the race. Right. So, uh, yet the vast majority of them attend school and live at home with their parents. We live at home with mom and dad. We trade sex for pot and pills. We suck dick for pills. We trade sex for pot and we go to school. And that's life. My thought was is that they have no overhead at all, right? Like, <laughs> head, <laughs> right? But that's that's a good point because I mean you have no rent, you have no expenses for partying, right? And you can just make more blowjobs. Like that's not something yeah. you're going to run out of eventually. Like God, this is my last. Unless you, know. you get like carpal tunnel in the neck. Well, sure. Then that may limit the amount you could perform in a day. But I feel like you could replace that with a little like ass to mouth or a little. Sure. Bass to trout. <laughs> Bass to trout. I just watched that South Park episode of the little frog, or the oh fish. Lord. Oh, Lord. I say bass to mouth or ass to trout. Lemmy Weeks. No matter. Same thing. Lemmy Weeks <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Wiki Weeks. That episode was great. Lemmy Weeks or whatever. Yeah. yeah this All right. Um, but anyway. Uh, they so say that this is a problem that has been occurring in the shadows because, you know, that's where all... Drug problems and and prostitution, prostitution is usually in the shadows. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, but that a positive message it's has not. also emerged from the findings. Oh. Family makes a big difference. <laughs> you know, if Apparently. you have, well, it, listen, if you have a nice warm home to go home to after a hard, hard day of sucking dicks and doing drugs, your general level of of happiness and of health uh is going to be higher than if you are sleeping on the streets absolutely you are maybe less apt to continue an std once you got it like mm. maybe your parents would be like you should go to the Check doctor out. get that checked out we'll right pay for it so family Since makes a big difference when you parents can't afford to get a job right of course that has health insurance uh when parents talk with kids about their values and goals <laughs> We swear we did not see this coming. <laughs> um, and when they model healthy romantic relationships. Ew. What is... Like, come kids, come in here. Mommy and Daddy are going to show you something. <laughs> this is a healthy love. <laughs> They're going to call CPS on you. <laughs> this is weird. 
Uh, no kid wants to influence. see their parents in a healthy, loving. But when they do, it does influence their own kid's sexual decision making. See, what they're saying is, if they see mom get drugs from dad and then suck his dick, <laughs> they're going to in turn mimic this behavior Absolutely. and suck dick for drugs. But now, if they see mom and dad in a healthy sexual decision-making relationship, then it, yeah, everything's going to be okay, and they're not going to... Can you imagine the conversation uh, of the child coming home to, like, the say, family dinner? The first time they see the model of healthy romantic relationship? You know, just, hey, sweetie, how was your day? Oh, my God. I'm so sore. I'm so <laughs> fucked up, man. I can't. You remember what mommy told you? Only five dicks per day. <laughs> yeah, like, Mom, can I have an ice pack? <laughs> That's the worst. But is it better than them going through their parents' purses and stealing money? Like, at least they're taking it upon themselves to take care of their own business. Using the bartering system. Right, using what God gave them. <laughs> What the good Lord endowed you with. The tools to succeed in this modern era of trading sexual favors for drugs. I, I think they're, they're doing okay. Given that it has been documented in other industrialized nations, one would expect just, you know, that this is happening in other parts of Canada and uh, the BC as well. I'm wondering if they only trade sex for drugs and booze. I wonder if, if well, they somebody's said that like... Well, the study found over, just over 2% of teens who have ever tried alcohol, marijuana, or other drugs have also exchanged sex for those substances. I wonder if, I feel like I wonder if a girl's like hungry at lunchtime and they're going to go down to Little Caesars or whatever, and she's <laughs> like, oh, I don't have any money today. Can I give you a hand job? Can I handy for a pizza? <laughs> I mean, it's a $5 pizza. Let's be honest here, you know? Yeah, I mean, That's like... A good point. Like, at what point do you draw the line not treating? But don't you feel like the, the harder drugs are reserved for, like, the more desperate, like, God, I really didn't want to have to suck a dick today, but I really... Like, I, I will just go get pot from friends and alcohol from the homeless guy, but, man, to get Coke or to get pills, like, I really got to suck this dick. Like, there's no way that... I don't know. I just feel like there's... You would go further for the harder <laughs> drugs hmm, hmm. Uh, than you would for the marijuana or the... The alcohol. Unless you're just desensitized to the whole Unless sexual they're all concept. The suck, I don't give a fuck. Big Macs, cocaine, whatever. <laughs> yeah, just, like, just break out know, that dick. Like, what's a what's a hand job worth? Young I mean, girls swapping. What would somebody have to pay you to give a hand job? For me to give them a hand yeah. job or to receive a hand? No, to give one. I don't know. It probably what's have to dollar be at amount? least twenty bucks. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it depends, I guess. It, it depends how I'm feeling. My hands get sore from typing all day, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> bass to trout. <laughs> um, they said that just over, or I saw that uh, boys and girls were almost equally likely to make the trade. <laughs> Whoa! Oh yeah. I feel like guys would maybe have a harder time sucking a dick than the girls would, maybe. Or what if the girl's the drug dealer? Dude's oh, like, all true. right, I'll go down on you, but just uh, this once. <laughs> Just this once. Today. Just <laughs> I'm already over my quota. <laughs> my tongue's taste. Uh, 83% of boys and 98% of girls. Almost 100% of all girls who uh, did this did so lived at home with their family. Uh, they said, uh, we do know that the kids who felt like they weren't supported or cared about by their families were much more likely to be trading sex for alcohol or drugs. So if your family was just like, whatever, that kid is more likely to be out sucking dicks for drugs and alcohol than the family who's like, hey, it's dinner time. Let's all sit around the table and do you know if and the, talk about our day. I wonder if the, the 17-year-old marijuana dealer <laughs> in Cincinnati That's, yeah. moved to Vancouver, if he would hmm. implement more of like a pimping credit system that's interesting you know like because you really you could don't actually pay it forward say you would just yeah pay it forward and, and instead of making twenty thousand dollars in sales a month maybe he would be acquiring 
you know, like blowjobs right. and ass to mouth. Some things are more important jobs. than money, right? So, like that, he wouldn't ever have to worry about getting laid for the rest of his life. In which case, he would save money in the long run on right. like divorce court proceeding. You know, you know any, he could just call up Susie that, Q and be like, "Yo, uh, I was just calling in about your weekly payments." Right. That's um, a good point. You could almost make a better living uh, doing it that way. And on your way over here, would you bring me Subway? Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so it's not the norm, and everybody does it, and it's just acceptable. This is everybody uh, does it. Yeah, I mean everybody. This is a girl. Her organization runs about 500 workshops on sexual exploitation each year, reaching around 30,000 youth around the province. Damn. Uh, she said, "Now you have a youth voice talking on the other side that maybe this isn't the greatest idea." Hey guys, do you ever think about mm, I don't know not sucking that dick? They're like, wow, I didn't know I had a choice. Like, wow, really? Like, get a I job never- at Blockbuster like the rest of us? <laughs> yeah, that never occurred to me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> wow. You're so enlightening. Repercussions of the behavior include the risks associated with having a high number of sexual partners and include contracting sexually transmitted infections such as the HIV or the HAPC, the Hep C. It also associated with emotional distress such as suicidal thoughts or self-harm such as cutting. A lot of cutters. That's why it's better to be a guy because the number of sexual partners that you have doesn't necessarily isn't derogatory, right? You it's only you know I fuck whatever and and not even worry about it. and brag about it. Yeah, you know, get a bigger belt so you can put more notches in it. But if you're a man, yeah. But if you're a woman, Susie Q's in there with her HIV infection, like shit. As oh, a woman, it, it seems like, and according yeah, to this article, taboo. The more women. people you sleep with, the more suicidal you get. Which just I wonder at what point in how our bad so- is this sex really? How bad yeah. is this sex? At what point in our society did that change and become a norm? I wonder. Like, was it has it always been like that? That guys could just fuck as many and girls were sluts? Or well, yeah, because women. Was there a shift at some point where that became no? Because even back in, like, King Henry days, he was the man fucking all these different women, but any of well, them that... Like, women were possessions of men. Like, Oh, that's like, true. They just recently became, like, their own people. In America, hey, you're it started in the 50s <laughs> yeah. that women were no longer the possession of a man. They were no longer owned by their husband right. or owned by the males. And so we've only been doing so that is for that 62 carried over, years. Yeah, that's weird. Uh-huh. God, we were weird. Women only have had their what the fuck right were to you vote thinking? since the 50s. Jesus, people. And not only that, um, well, we talked about this. I mean, that's when people started getting married for love. Like, when women got the right to vote, right. people, like, things After changed it was because like women were no longer a, a possession. A treaty. A peace treaty with this right. other country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. They and, were ways to dilute the gene pool so that we didn't keep having retarded Down syndrome babies, right? Because if we keep, I don't know. I our, can't tell. If we keep fucking, I'm, it's, I, I, the line is blurring. I, uh, the study also suggests that teens who are highly impulsive were more likely to engage in trading sex for substances. And they said that people who barter for sex with youth in exchange for substances, they're engaging in child exploitation. I don't know if you know this or not, but what you just did, you just exploited that child. So. Uh, further, it found big illicit business. substances beyond booze and marijuana were more likely to be involved in teens who traded sex also had higher rates of weekly binge drinking compared to other students. <laughs> you just got to make the pain go away, right? <laughs> the bottom of that bottle, that's where it's at. Oh, here's here's the quote, quote of the show for you. You've got to wonder about the number of songs and media that encourage young people to consider being a hustler, being a hoe. <laughs> how many? How many wannabe? Wow, I didn't actually think about music. How many want? Right? I didn't even think about the influence that music would have on these. I was f- so focused on the drug habits. I didn't even think of the fucking music. Right. All these, how many MySpace accounts are made based around the young thug coming up in the game, rapping about fucking bitches and slapping boys? All of them. All of them. <laughs> Except for Matt Lee, all of them. And that's fucking, that, people see that. And kids are like, yeah, that's cool. That's not cool. Sucking dick for drugs is not cool, kids. 
I think you should come up with a uh, rap song about no, a, oh. uh, um, <laughs> what are those things? A mascot, and you should go on the road with that. Whoa! Like so give a hoot, don't pollute. Cool for drugs. Instead of say no to drugs, let's let's just start saying don't suck dick. Give for a drugs. hoot, don't pollute your mouth with that dick. <laughs> for that <laughs> glass, for dick. that glass dick. <laughs> <laughs> I bet we could come up with wow. What would your mascot be? Just a big meth pipe? That yeah, looks like maybe. A penis? A t- Towley? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. The chick from that addiction Towley? show who was huffing duster? <laughs> maybe just a can of duster. Who knows? Uh, who knows? All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us, unless there was anything, any other pressing matters. Oh, pressing. I, I know, right? Up against my... N- yeah. Pressing up against my... All right, well, thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. Sorry we missed last week. We'll try to join you here most every week until Ian moves to paradise. And seven then, weeks. Uh, you have seven weeks left of the hotbox. Mm-hmm. So enjoy it. Uh, hotboxpodcast.com. Check out the subreddit. Submit stories for next week's show throughout the week. If you'd like, you can get the stories right from the marijuana news section on the hotbox site. There you go. Uh, check out the live shows. Check out our Google Plus, Twitter, Facebook, all that, and uh, rest review on iTunes if you'd be so kind as to. Thank you, Ian. It's been fun. Later. If you like you weed, like this weed, is where, this where you, you need, need to, to be. be. <laughs> if you like weed, this is where you need to be. Thank you for listening to the Hot Box Podcast.